Welcome back to Two Peas in a Pod. You're here with Priya and Priya. So for today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have Sabrina Stocker on the show. Um, So most of you will know her from The Apprentice. um, And alongside of this, she's had really successful businesses before and after the show. Um, So welcome to the show, Sabrina. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Energy's going to be buzzing. I'm really excited for this episode. (laughs) Great. So, okay. So what we'll do is we'll start with going back to before The Apprentice. Um, so Pri, you want to start it off? Yeah. So kind of before you went on, what, what were you doing? Like, and what was your kind of, obviously, what were you doing? And then what was your motivation behind going on to The Apprentice? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for The Apprentice itself, I was such a big fan. Like I used to, I think nine years old was the first ever series. And there used to be complete silence in the house because nobody was allowed to talk when the apprentice was on. Like that obsessed. And I watched it every single year. And I was like, mom, I'm going to go on that one day. These people don't know what they're doing. (laughs) So I had this literally innate, like within me since such a young age, started my first business when I was 14, scaled my first business when I was 19. um, And when I wanted to go on to the apprentice, it, this is actually, no, not many people know this, but I actually applied when I was 21 and I got through to the first auditions, but I had my master's at the same time and I was going to miss out on my like exam. So I was like, well, I can't really do that. It's on the same date. Um, so then like second time around, I was like, cool, I'm, I'm not going to you know take up any time during that time, make sure that I'm free for all of the applications. Uh, I was running my tennis business at the time. At that time, we were running about 150 events a year. So like it was pretty good in terms of scaling. I was studying my master's. I was coaching tennis, traveling. So The Apprentice was like a massive accelerator for me as well in terms of personal brand. So what was the process like? Was it quite intense, the whole process of applying and everything? Yeah, I mean, it was a really drawn out process. So you apply in January and we didn't actually find out we got onto the show until April. That's like three months of uncertainty. And I was like, I don't know what to do because I, I want to plan all these events for summer, but I don't want to in case we get onto The Apprentice. Um, and in terms of the applications, they want to make sure that you're like, you've got a good business mind. They want to make sure that you can speak on camera. They want to know that you're shy. They want to know that you're not afraid to, to like, challenge somebody, but also to be good entertainment. So we're just trying to like balance all of these different things. And in terms of demographics, the way that they structure the show, you always notice there's a couple of people from London and you know a couple of people from Scotland and a couple of Leeds girls. So I was like against every other girl in London, which was like the biggest market. Um, so I thought, how can I differentiate myself and have a bit of a, a wacky side to me as well? Do you remember what you said, like your like famous quote that you like described yourself? <laughs> Anyone that didn't watch it, if you just tell everybody what it was, because I find that so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I basically described myself as Willy Wonka drinking an espresso martini, full of crazy <laughs> and wacky ideas, but actually quite sophisticated something like that <laughs> I love it I love it so right you, was that like obviously that's the first time obviously you're probably quite confident before that anyway because obviously you were you had so many businesses you started from young but were you quite nervous going like on tv and for, and obviously you don't actually know what's going to be shown so I would like personally I would be like on edge like what's going to be shown 
but is it very like evident that they're recording at all times or can you naturally just be yourself and do the task yeah I mean it is evident that we're recording but like and there was definitely episodes, I'm glad they didn't air them, where I would get into like an argument about something really stupid. Um, but, but a lot of it is because you don't realize you're getting filmed because it's day to day, but also yeah. you're so sleep deprived. You only get like four hours of sleep for like six, seven weeks. So they create behind the scenes these really stressful situations so that yeah. you can create the drama needed for TV. So it's yeah. also kind of like, you have to kind of check in like, you know, you're on TV in a sense, but also I think your true personality comes out. And I'm very fortunate, the editors, you know, they, they did give me a really positive PR out of it. Um, I had like less than five negative tweets in the whole series. I was like, wow, this is really, really positive. Um, so yeah, I think it is a mixture of like clocking in that, you know, people are watching you, but you'll see, there's like a Sun newspaper article about me saying that I look like I said myself that I looked like I'd been dragged through a hedge. I was that tired. I was like, I'm not doing my hair. I don't care if it's on national TV. I just want to go win the task. So that's that's how I got to it at the end as well. Yeah, and I guess after, obviously it was like, what, did you say eight weeks? Is it eight weeks? So yeah. you probably just get used to it. You can't exactly like keep worrying about the cameras, et cetera. You just got to just get on with it and you probably get used to it. And then that's when you kind of naturally be yourself. No, 100%. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, but you have to be authentic when you sign up because you just can't keep up a facade for that long. No, because I think it's very, it's evident that like some people you see were a certain way at the beginning, but towards the end were really opposite. And it's like, oh, I really liked you at first, but now <laughs> I'm not sure. No, we've always loved watching Apprentice. Like we used to, the last series and the series before, we like watch it together. Like, oh it's so sweet on, on a mon Monday I think yeah so we'd always like yeah. meet up and watch it together because we were the only ones really out of our friends that were like obsessed so it was <laughs> a thing that we did together but okay um so we're gonna do a quick fire round of questions so are you ready amazing okay so some of them are about the apprentice and then some of them are just about like you so okay first question so did you only have 20 minutes to get ready is that was that real? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, <laughs> it was like, this is, I don't understand how the other girls look so good. I look like a freaking mess. I was like, huh? Like, I just didn't get it. And I shared a room with Sean and we were at the very top and we would get up at like 3am to do our hair and then get back into bed so that we had 20 minutes sometimes. But, and then by the end, I was like, I'm too exhausted. I need my sleep. So how the girls got ready, I look so glam in that amount of time compared to me was just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, for me, I'd choose the extra sleep over. Yeah, right? <laughs> it makes I, need to, I need to function. But oh my God, I couldn't do but, that. Oh my God, there's this one story, actually. I don't think I've ever shared this before. And um, we're getting ready and the crew are like, right, let's go, let's go. Two lines at the house, ready to get out the door. And not only do you have to get ready in 20 minutes, but you have to go downstairs, get mic'd up, which takes about five minutes, and eat your breakfast. And if you don't eat your breakfast, you don't get to eat till like 1 or 2 p.m. And there's this one day that I've just had a shower, right? I was like, I'm going to go for a shower. And they came over to me like, Sabrina, you can't get on camera with wet hair. And I was like, well, I haven't got enough time to get ready. So I had two producers, well, two runners basically, with hair dryers on my hair, just trying to dry it in time to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
I literally couldn't. I would probably just have a stroke and just be like, I can't do this. I found me out for today. (laughs) If that was, if only that was possible. Okay, so next question. So this is something that we heard, so we don't know if it's true, but apparently if you didn't make a sale on camera, it didn't count in a task. Is that true? Yeah, it's, it's true that it didn't count. If you didn't make the sale, it didn't happen. Because kind of like, if you think of it as a viewer, right? Let's say that I closed, I don't know, 2,000 pounds um, in a task. That 2,000 pounds could be the make to break to win or lose the task. So therefore, if the, it's not caught on camera, the viewer doesn't see the sale and it doesn't make sense in terms of the storyline. So therefore, we had to make sure that we caught everything on camera for in order to count. And it was so frustrating. So what just, would you have to do then if you're, so you're, like, you have to tell them to come? Yeah, but to be fair, oh, the cameramen yeah. were amazing. We had such an amazing crew, but we literally had to like shout out and be like, come over quick. I need to do the same. Oh, wow. I didn't, oh my God. I didn't think. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really frustrating. Yeah, I think I'm just there all the time. Yeah, and it's also really tricky, right? Because you have to do entry and exit shots. So you guys watching the show, you're like, they have a whole day to go sell, but they didn't, I don't know, they only found, let's say we have a whole day to go find 12 pieces of items, like 12 items, pretty common task. Um, but then you have to do the entrance shot to get in and then you have to negotiate and then the exit shot and that whole process in itself takes like two hours. So you're never ever going to get to the end because you physically haven't got the time to do it. So it's pretty intense. Wow, I could never. <laughs> I could really know. <laughs> yeah, that would frustrate me like crazy, but I guess you signed up for that anyway. So yeah, like, you, you probably didn't, like watching the show, you would never know that, right? So it was probably, you probably didn't expect that, but obviously it's just the way it was. So you kind of just had to deal with it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so next question. So were arguments that candidates had quite staged and provoked, would you say? I would say everything on camera, like everything in the boardroom, is organic like there's no retakes it's all in the flow but during the tasks um yeah I'd say a few of it could have been a, it probably wouldn't have happened in real life we'll say <laughs> you know what I always wondered is like when you guys are like in the boardroom and you just had like this major like fight all putting each other in it and then you go back and you're so excited that one you didn't go one of them You've just had a fight with someone and that person has like the bottom two, say, and then everyone acts so excited that you've like come back. And I'm like, you just like blasted her in the boardroom and now you're excited. Like it it always made me laugh. It's true. I think you've just got to to realise it is a competition and it's competition as well. So it's like, like, I'm going to save myself over you. Yeah. But if we go back together, we'll celebrate with a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> but some people really went in, like, I was, yeah. like, jaw-dropping. It was, like, jaw-dropping. Then they'd be, like, hugging outside. And it's just yeah. <laughs> Literally. I think it's, like, the relief that you've all made it through together. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is, yeah. Okay, so next question. Um, so what was your favourite task, would you say? Did you have one? Yeah, definitely the Body Expo. So i just been qualified as a personal trainer and we got to go to the Body Expo for bodybuilding and sell gym equipment. I was like, yes, I'm in my area. And it was so fun. And 
we got to go on stage and, and present in front of like a thousand people and we were just showing everyone gym equipment so like that was a bit of like a fitness passion for me um and I was project manager and although we lost like I, I pretty much made more sales than the whole team combined so on a personal ego level it was great but uh yeah it was, it was, a, it was a really fun task yeah I, I I remember that episode actually I like that one as well okay so next question okay is Claude or, Cla- or Karen? <laughs> um, I would say, oh, you I think Karen's a, Karen's a total girl boss, but I love Claude. He's like a cuddly teddy bear. He's great. Yeah, no, he is. I do love oh, him. Lovely. I feel like he, it just, you just know he has a little soft side as well. That's what it seems like. Even though he's quite harsh sometimes, you just know he is like, he's got a little soft side. He's really hard harsh on camera but off camera he's like yeah he's he's literally so lovely oh (laughs) okay so is it true that you're not allowed to contact the outside world when you're on the front end so why because I don't really understand that there's multiple different reasons why you can't um so one could be like loads of different reasons but they don't want the impact the outside world to be impacting your inside tv performance like for example you you do get a little you get like a phone call a week and if you've got kids you get two but like if something happens at home that's going to impact your play within the actual tv show so therefore they want to minimize that as much as possible um i personally found that really hard i was like my phone call a week was talking about my business on the outside it wasn't even talking about like my family and friends so i think that that part was like you don't get the access to the external world which is a bit tricky yeah, I can imagine that being hard, especially when you've had like, for example, a rough task, a rough day, you automatically want to speak to someone about it, but obviously you guys didn't have that. So you kind of had to make do with the people there, but they're also not like your family or your friends like back home. So I can imagine it being quite difficult. It was, but then the, the guys we live with who, you know, were on shoot, they just felt like family by the end. They were so lovely, like we got really close. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Spend, well, you're obviously spending like weeks on end with them in the same house in the same, like every day. So obviously some sort of relationship would be formed. Um, okay, so so are you, going on that, are you in touch with any of the candidates still? Do you still have any close friends from there? Yeah, we actually have a WhatsApp group, which is really sweet. And we like communicate on there. So that just kind of keeps us all in the loop together. Oh, that's nice. And who would you say kind of, who do you like look up to? Who's like your role model? Is it different to who it was when you went into The Apprentice? Would you say? Sure, I said my role model going to The Apprentice was like Emma Watson, Emma Watson. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I'd, I'd say still the same. Like I, I really respect her. I think growing up as a child, I always wanted to be like Hermione Granger. So, you know, we'll just <laughs> to get that. okay cool uh okay so one last question if you were to go on another tv show what show would it be if you could have to either be strictly come dancing so i'm a salsa and bachata dancer and i love it it'd be so fun or it would be i'm a celeb just to put myself through the paces and the challenges i mean strictly i'm all for strictly i'm a celebrity i hate any like insects like but I mean, I'd hate it, I'd scream, but I'd love it at the same time. I couldn't think of anything worse in life, honestly. I'm petrified of like a, the smallest spider. 
I will like, I used to like wake my mum up and be like, you need to like get this spider out of my room or I can't sleep, like 2 a.m. Honestly, it's so tiny, you could probably bet he's here, but I don't know, I just have this fear. So that would be my worst nightmare. But for people that would want to go on it and can handle it, I mean, well done. Yeah. <laughs> I the spiders like I once was at my flat and I had to get I had to go this is in lockdown right we're not allowed to leave the house I was like dad I can't see it. there's a huge spider my dad and my brother had to come to the house to get rid of the spider <laughs> that, I always say that my mum literally always says there's a huge spider in my house and it's so freaking scary it was massive but um yeah there we go yeah my mum does always say that she was like what are you gonna do when you move out and I'm like um, well, I'm still going to call you because I'm not going to be far. <laughs> You're going to have to come. <laughs> I love it. It's so true. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not spider fans. Even the heights ones, I couldn't do it. I would actually cry. So scary. <laughs> uh, cool. So was, was that all the questions for you? Oh, yeah. That was, those were the questions. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you for answering those. Um, so, yeah. So after the show then, um, like on the lines of like what what show you would want to go on were there quite a lot of opportunities offered to you to go on like reality tv or like any brand deals um what was anything offered to you yeah I mean tv show not really um I would say brand deals like I've worked with a lot of big brands now I've worked with Intel Microsoft uh Adidas Wilson like some really big names. So the, the brand deals have been quite big actually in terms of sponsorships or kind of collaborations. Um, I'm still waiting for my Strictly invite. So when that comes, <laughs> I'll let you know. We'll put in a good word with you. <laughs> so obviously were they sponsorships like for your business? So they were like business ones or they were personal ones as well. So like the business ones for the tennis company. Um, but I'd say like the biggest thing that came from it was like the, the awareness in the personal brand. And through that, I've been able to really kind of monetize it and drive people to websites or traffic um, to different areas. So I'd say actually even bigger than the, the sponsorships. And these are like, you know, thousands of pounds sponsorships, like minimum. Um, like just from a TV show, it's quite insane. But the amount of actual, uh, like, the, the amount of extra publicity and authority and visibility I've had has definitely been the biggest driver recently, I think, to actually being able to accelerate really fast. That's really, really good. And like, if if for whatever reason, like you were offered um, sort of any like anything like sort of influencer type based deals or whatever, like, was is there a reason why like you wouldn't accept those? Or like, are you happy to like sort of go into that industry now? Because obviously that is a big thing at the moment, like being that kind of influencer, especially with businesses and stuff. It's like good to promote, but not everybody yeah. on that path. I think it really depends. Like my overall why is to be able to inspire other people to start their own businesses. And because I've got multiple businesses, I feel like I can do that in a sense. So yeah. I'll do a, a collaboration talking about a laptop because we'll be talking about durability and talking about how to communicate well with Zoom and, and be a leader within your industry. But I probably wouldn't do, well, I wouldn't do one for a teeth whitening commercial. So I think it really just depends on the brand and if they actually add value to your audience or whether you're doing it for short-term cash. And I think that really depends on somebody who needs that, which is completely fine because that might be their business model. But for me specifically, I'm, I'm thinking bigger picture and everything I put out there 
I want to be promoting my own brand and our company brands rather than somebody else's. No, I think that's really good because I feel like, especially now, like Priya said, it's very much influencer culture at the moment. And I feel like it's evident that some people are taking any, any like kind of deal they can get. And I don't feel like it's very genuine and obviously you you're a businesswoman that's what you want to be seen as right you don't want to really be seen as you know by this limp lip plumping lipstick like that's not gonna that's not really gonna reach your audience so you kind of and I feel like it's very easy now especially for young girls like when they they feel like maybe that's the only way they can make it now and they have to. So you're like a good example and a good role model, I'd say, for people that you don't need to go down that route. Do you know what I mean? Like not many people are going to be having a Zoom talk about comparing laptops, but I think it's great. No, for sure. And I really appreciate that. I think it's just, you just got to think of what do you want to be known for? But the thing yeah. that just makes me laugh the most is when they're like, oh, oh my god this amazing product and you're like the freaking seal still on like have you used it so yeah. I, <laughs> I think it just I think there's a there's no rules right there's no rules when it comes to social media and I feel like it's the influencer's person of responsibility or an authority because personal responsibility to take that on themselves and think is this actually adding value or is it not um but I also think it's half that and then half down to the brands like the, the brands should be creating this positive message and I think that they've been able to get away with so much the question is how much can we get away with rather than are we actually educating our audience in the right way yeah and I would say we're not educating the audience very well these days I don't <laughs> but it is what it is I guess um but like I say like it's good to have people like you for example there are still people out there that are not like not recommending things that you know are not gonna are not good are not gonna work are gonna bring no value to people's lives so as long as we have more people like you know I'm not saying (laughs) I'm an influencer but I definitely wouldn't personally like promote something that's like I don't agree with so yeah there'll be more of us (laughs) we can hope we can hope yeah so um how did covid affect your tennis events company yeah like it was really hard we had gone from partnering with Dave Lloyd Virgin Active um the LTA and running all of these different tennis tournaments so we kind of had to put everything on hold um and we'll start it up again when it gets back into the summer and it will be fun and vibrant and I think a lot of people want to play tennis again but it also did give me some time and space to start up the other companies which is you know it's been so much fun being able to move the team over there from from then till now. So do you think that if um your tennis company didn't kind of you know didn't go obviously didn't go to plan do you think if that was still running you probably wouldn't have started your other businesses now um I think I'd have always started them but it definitely accelerated me to start them um like I I always love doing multiple things if I don't then I get bored and I get less productive actually um and I think actually having that mental break was like there is so much opportunity out there to really grow and scale and work with amazing people. Sometimes yeah. it's better just to throw yourself in and say yes, provided you can. Um, yeah. And it's just opened up so many different doors. And I've, I've spoken to so many amazing entrepreneurs from the press company. It's shown me how much they've been able to adapt as well. And it's such a powerful skill set to have. Yeah. So what's your like current main focus at the moment? Like what are you working on now? Yeah, so at the moment, um, I'd probably say 
it's with ProSource uh, and also with Two Comma PR. Um, so Two Comma PR is a, an international press agent. We get entrepreneurs, online coaches featured in the publications. Um, and then also partnering with like an incredible entrepreneur called Roman, and we're expanding our procurement and supply chain industry. So I think both hand in hand will be really exciting as there's so much opportunity and such a big market to tackle there. Yeah, I think it's great because obviously, like you say, COVID probably affected a lot of people's businesses, but you obviously saw other opportunities and you didn't like let that affect your whole life. You kind of like, it's great that you kind of accelerated and like you kind of thrived, kind of thrived off it. And a lot of people, you know, weren't able to do that for other reasons, which is obviously fine, but it's great that like, it just goes, goes to show, I can't even speak. It goes to show that like, even, you know, through a crazy pandemic, you can still kind of be successful. Like, you know, so it's- it Yeah, is. I mean, it wasn't easy. Like I just got yeah. a breakup with who I thought was the love of my life at that time. And I was like, we're going into a global pandemic, which just seems a little bit crazy, but I didn't think I took it in at the time. And I just lost my business and I just lost my boyfriend, but like, what am I gonna do next? And, and I just basically sat at home for like two weeks making TikTok videos and playing the guitar like most people in the world. <laughs> um, and then I was like, no, I need to do something. So that's where my brain went into kind of get. But I think, especially when you go like through an emotional trauma, if you can find something that motivates you, then you, you go for it and you're able to use that negative energy and actually convert it. And the results can be so powerful as well. Oh, I really love that. I feel like that. <laughs> inspire like so many like especially like young girls or even boys like right now like it does feel like especially like say a breakup for example in in this time like it does make you feel like even more lonely because you obviously can't see like friends and family or like go out and do whatever to like keep you busy so like the fact that you've like latched onto something that's so good and like positive for, like yourself and like your life like that is just so motivating so thank you for sharing oh, <laughs> yeah no it definitely is because I think people either go one way or the other right they yeah. use that emotion for like making themselves better or they can go completely opposite and obviously it's that there's like a small window you can either go either way yeah. so yeah <laughs> Priya's like yeah I've been through it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's being able to be okay with change I think that's the biggest thing like there's so much uncertainty even now there's so much uncertainty we don't know what's going to happen in one month two months three months and if you're able to adapt and be okay with you know that then I think it can be quite powerful but it's a learning curve like everyone's on their own journey everyone's learning at different paces you just got to find out what works well for you yeah, yeah, sure. change is like the biggest thing I feel like it's it's like such an uncomfortable thing like I personally hate it but like throughout the last year like I've realized like it's not always a bad thing and it, you're right how you said everyone's everyone's journeys are different so that's definitely something to to learn which is good yeah well you got a podcast going girls so you're gonna be doing <laughs> it soon yeah well we actually started that during lockdown and I think that if it wasn't for the pandemic I don't actually think we would have started it so that's yeah. something that good that came off it. Ah, amazing yeah. I love that yeah no that's definitely good but um I can see like obviously on your Instagram that you've relocated so did you go to Egypt and now you're in Dubai so how did that come about like is it for work or yes yeah, so I was in um I was in my local coffee shop in August and at that time I had I was starting up from a PR and I'd also during lockdown launched this shopping site and we had like half a million people using our site 
um, within six weeks. So it's this crazy, like, you know, amount of work to be doing. And I was sitting in this Vietnamese coffee shop in East Coast, and it's beautiful. It's next to the station, if anyone knows where that is in the world. Um, and I was working, and I was like, oh, it would be so nice to be working in a coffee shop in Vietnam. And something in my head just triggered saying, yeah, that would be cool. Let's do it. And my brother is also an international tennis player, and he was playing a tournament in Egypt. So I was like, well, why don't I go to Egypt with my brother and watch him play? And while I was in Egypt, like maybe four weeks later, the UK went into lockdown. And I was like, where else can I go? Um, and I was in Egypt for a little bit, but you know, I, there weren't many people there. And then everyone was going to Dubai and I've been in Dubai since. So yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty awesome time. Um, I feel very grateful that I was able to leave and have an online business, but I think also it's a big motivator. Like I wouldn't be able to be working out here if I hadn't have started my business in lockdown last year. Like it's yeah. crazy things have pivoted so like I'm living proof that you can start a business in lockdown and a year later be able to travel and work yeah so do you think you'll stay in Dubai for a while now uh I think it really depends it depends what happens in the UK um yeah I, th I think it really depends on what's happening in the world to actually know what to do so it's, it's an uncertainty area true but I would you... stay there as long as I could <laughs> <laughs> Could, could you see yourself living there like long term or are there like a lot of other places you would you would want to try living in for a while? Yeah, I mean, Dubai is a very untouched area, both in procurement, actually, and also in press. Like not many people do out here. For me, I'd probably just move where the biggest business opportunity is. Like as long as there's sun, I'm happy. Yeah, sun is like, honestly, <laughs> I feel like sun really does make a difference. Like on a day that's sunny, I'm so much more productive. I have like, I want to do anything I was planning to do the whole year. I just want to do it on that one sunny day. I feel like it's just such a motivator. So I think I, I need to move too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Okay, cool. So um, sort of like the last thing we wanted to ask you was, do you have like any, obviously you've mentioned like quite a lot of things um advice wise already which is amazing is there if like to summarize would there be anything um that you would sort of give to people that are obviously that have like started businesses in lockdown or are planning to and obviously like you've had amazing mentors so far so like what would be like your biggest learning curves um or advice that you would you would give to anybody yeah for sure um, I'd say the first one is be really like a few little golden nuggets here but like the first one be really clear on what you want to achieve because sometimes when I was younger and I was like, I want to start a business, I was like YouTubing everything. And there were so many different potential business ideas. There was like Forex training and Bitcoin and crypto. That wasn't around when I was, you know, back then. But crypto and online coaches and courses and agencies and everything. So you've got to be really clear about what you're trying to do rather than, yeah, I think, I think that's like the first thing. The second thing is you have to love it and be passionate. Like, multiple multiple people have asked me to, to start a business with them or to have a partnership or to go in and I said no because I don't see the end goal I don't see the passion so you have to be passionate about it because it's hard work and you've got to be able to to commit it ultimately you're your own boss but that means you're putting a lot of essence onto that and the third thing is make sure that you're creating a business and not a job there's so many people who are starting something themselves and they just basically end up working loads of hours a week um, something like a tennis coach, right? A tennis coach feels like an entrepreneur because they have loads of clients and they're self-employed and they work with someone out hour by hour. But really, like they're, they're still self-employed. It's their own job. 
So if you want in, which is completely fine, but if you want to start a business, you need to make sure that you've simplified it enough to be able to scale it. Um, I'd always say invest in technology over people because then you're not being reliant on somebody else and you're able to systemize and automate things. Um, and once you have clarity about where you want to go, get yourself a mentor. Like I've invested into multiple mentors and they just accelerate your journey. So rather than going at 10 miles an hour, you're suddenly going at 100 because you've been with somebody who's been there and done it. But you also, yes, sometimes some mentors you pay for, some mentors you don't pay for. Ultimately, it depends on everybody's time. Have multiple in different areas, but then also think how much value are they going to add? How much money are they going to save from bad decisions? And how much quickly are you ready to grow? So there's a, a few little golden nuggets, I would say. No, thank you for that. That was really good to know. I feel like... <laughs> especially like you're so young still like your journey is like really just starting and like it will be so like nice for everybody like to obviously we've seen you on the apprentice now and like to follow your journey to see where you go like it will be great um so yeah so hopefully everybody will take a lot of key pointers from this podcast um but before we wrap up Ray, was anything no I think we're all good and hopefully if even one person finds some sort of motivation from this podcast then that would be great because to be like you obviously started when you were so young and like for me like especially as a woman like that's quite inspiring and it almost makes me want to now go <laughs> off this podcast and start something as soon as possible but yeah it's definitely yeah. you should though like there's there's no like there's no no one's gonna say to you you now have permission to go start a business or to scale yeah. or something you've just got to be like I'm gonna go fucking do it and then you just you just do it you know and you learn along the way and the more mistakes we make when we're in our 20s the less mistakes we're going to make in our 30s when we want to have kids or a mortgage or whatever and, and settle yeah. down so I'd say this is the time when you want to take the most risks but also take the most chances as well in yourself yeah someone actually said that to me this week they were like you know you're 24 like if you're going to take risks take them now and now you're the second person so I'm going to take that as a <laughs> I'm taking it as a <laughs> yeah amazing. well if you think like if you fuck up you spend a year creating an agency or something and if it goes wrong you're still only 25 it's okay and if you if you generally enjoy it it'll be a success providing you have a good business model and there's a good market no that is good advice cool okay well we'll wrap this one up now but thank you so much for coming on sabrina it was really great having you um and we hope everyone listening enjoyed listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much to you guys it was um I really enjoyed it really really enjoyed it it was, it was super smooth super flowy we'll have to do another one if we're ever in in Dubai if we ever make it yeah, there I'd love that that would be so cool okay cool so um yeah we hope you all enjoyed listening and we'll see you on the next episode bye guys bye bye <laughs>